If you want more power, better vision, and a bulletproof mindset, then I would like to welcome you to CG+, Complete Games Online Player Development Center. Now, baseball and softball players of all ages and skill levels can access a multimedia experience providing education and instruction on your personal mobile platform. Rob Cruz has put together an online video portal, a remote hitting program, as well as a series of online hitting courses boasting a curriculum that features pitch recognition strategies, power, video analysis, mental skills, and then some. For more info, log on to www.cg.plus. That's www.cg.plus to find out how you can complete your game today. Shout out to Jordan Bledsoe. He is the director of sports performance for Velocity Sports Westchester here in Westchester, New York. He is my guest, second time on the show. Love this topic. We went into great detail on what really powers everything else in human performance, which is which is the elite mindset. So not everyone can be elite. Elite is not something that you could just sign up for or or purchase for forty nine ninety nine or or join. You know, elite is something that is it's a way of life, it's a way of thinking. It's it's what happens at you know in the house at home with your parents. It's what happens in the car and those conversations. Elite is what happens in hopefully in your classrooms, in the schools that you attend. Elite is what your teachers try to bring out of you. You know, and it's a partnership between your coaches, your performance coaches and your skills coaches. It's a it's a it's a partnership between your team coaches and your parents and your teachers and your family. And it all creates the culture that you come from. And obviously there's subcultures. And, and when we go to different parts of the country, we find that the way of life is different and how children are reared and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and who's held to this standard and who's held to that standard who's held accountable and who's not held accountable. And I find that there's so many differences in how people are, are, are doing it. But it, what I've seen over the years, 23 years to be exact of this being my only full job, full-time job is if I took every single player that made it to the top level of their sport, Every single player who became and transformed themselves into the best version of themselves. And I took all those players and put all of their parents in a room. Those parents are all the same. Hands down. They're all the same. When I hung up with Jordan after this podcast. I got a text message. from a guy whose daughter was playing on the field at the University of Central Florida as the third baseman for Penn State. Now, she verbally committed to Penn State for the class of 2020. I remember her being the first 2020 to commit for that class in the entire country. She was very young when she committed. And I remember her texting me and saying, just wanted you to know um, I committed to Penn State. And I was like, great. That's really great. And that's and she I mean, I think she had about five or six years before she actually got to Penn State after she committed. 
Um, but anyway, he called me to let me know that she was playing on the same field where I did my first lesson with her, which was the University of Central Florida. And she they used to drive down from Jacksonville to Orlando, where when I coached with the USSA Pride professional softball team, they would come down and hit ever so often during the season, either before the game starts, and then they would stay and watch the game. And then after that, from the time she was nine all the way to her going into Penn State, th- these people would fly to New York or fly to wherever I was, <laughs> stay for a day and a half. We would work on defense, footwork, glove work, ball transfer, ground balls, backhand, forehands, hitting. Um, and then, then she'd go back. And then we, we that this just went on and on for years until it's funny how it came full circle because now she's a starting third baseman as a freshman for Penn State and she's on that same field. And I say that to say this, that's an, that's an example of the elite mindset. It has nothing to do with her talent-wise. There's so many players that I've seen that have the same talent ability as Michelle and or even better, more ability than Michelle. But the grind, the preparation that from nine years old to now is what made her ready to be a starting third baseman in a Power Five conference as a freshman. And that's, you know, that's, it was like, when I got the text, I was like, wow, how fitting. I just got off the phone with a podcast talking about the elite mindset. And who do I get a text message from? Her dad thanking me for all that I've done. Welcome to the Transcending Sport podcast with Rob Cruz. An audio experience bringing you interviews, conversations and more from some of the most intriguing personalities in the sports world. And now, your host, Rob Cruz. It's not that important to them. So, so yeah, this is not for you. This is for the truly elite people. You know, which brings right. me, which brings us to your point. Like, what, what is elite? Like, are, are we right. just, are we just throwing that word around, or are we, um, like, what are we doing? Right. And I mean, you, you totally. I mean, I don't know how much we want to get into right now before we get started. No, but, we started. I, I already mean, recorded. You, you, I'm recording. You put me onto this concept when I met you a year ago. Was. Um, you know, really thinking about that. You know, really thinking about what it means to to be elite, and then coming up with a definition. Because you know, every kid that comes in here is um, uh, you know, wearing a T-shirt that's you know, New York New York elite baseball, or you know, um, you know, elite football combine, or you know, whatever event they're at. That um, you know, and I I didn't have a way to combat it. Um, until I came up with this definition for what what is an elite athlete, and in turn, what is an elite coach. Um, and and for me, that elite athlete, you know, I had to look to mentality. And we have, you know, we now have T-shirts now. The kids are walking around with our elite mindset T-shirts, um, and that mindset qualifier of, um, uh, you know, this is a this is a, an internal disposition, not an external purchase. <laughs> 
So let me let me say this to you. I'm gonna say this to you because you know it's funny. <laughs> I know we, I remember we were having that conversation, and I'm, I'm working on my third book right now, and I'm getting ready to. Um, so there's a chapter called you know. I don't even I don't even know if I actually named the chapter, but I I'm I'm, I'm gonna read you a couple of things that I wrote. Um, because the so here I don't know, I'm read. There's a social definition of the word elite. And in most sports, simply cultural or subcultural to that sport, and or in many cases to the region in which we live in for that sport. Right. And the social the social definition is solely based on club or membership or entitlements, and the portrait that I can portray myself to be. Whereas people who are actually elite are basing their elite status on the fact that they are living a specific lifestyle. And that they are—they have a particular mindset, like you said, and that lifestyle and mindset is not only social or solely based on membership, but rather the results and con- the consistency of those results. So, like, just because I signed up for an, a team that calls themselves elite doesn't make me elite. When my work ethic is not elite, my eating habits are not elite, my goals and my and my um objectives are not elite and the people who I'm surrounding myself with are not pushing me to an elite level right and I think that's the um, so it's like it doesn't even mean anything anymore the word elite we've taken the the um, the true meaning of it away by by just calling everything elite right and, yeah, it lost its luster right it's, and, and you know, it's, not, it's not what it used to be and um, I mean we you know as we go through this process of, of coaching and evolving and, and stuff, you know, education kind of re, you know, reemerges in every conversation of like, how, right, how do we fix this? All right. We're presenting ourselves with a problem. The problem is we've lost the luster of, of what elite actually means. And, um, you know, now we find ourselves out on the training floor trying to help these kids redefine, like, what does that mean? You know, that, and and the the one thing we're hanging our hat on right now is is goals, and and your approach to your goals, and um, you know your accountability to your goals, um, and and who you're surrounding yourself with that will hold you accountable to those goals, and then establishing and reestablishing um, what those things are each time they get achieved, um, and the, and then how they're approached is the new becomes the new definition of elite for our for our kids at least. Yeah, and I think, and I think sometimes in some instances you don't even have to, we don't even have to call it anything, because if if you're going to be in my culture, like for example, I'll give you an example. Here's, here's an example. It's very difficult for students and parents to bring their selves into my situation, into my culture of what I do. If they're not, if they're not, if they're not, if they're not elite, right. it's uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable. Now you better go somewhere else where people are portraying this eliteness, <laughs> if you will, because they're going to make you feel comfortable. The fact that you feel uncomfortable is the whole point. The fact that it's tough is the whole point. The fact that I, I make you feel like you want to quit sometimes, that's the whole point because I'm pushing you. And every time you think you get there, I raise the bar even higher. 
And then when you get close to that bar, I raise it even higher. And no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you, oh, that was awesome. Oh, that was great. Oh, you're the awesome. You're the best. I'm gonna tell you, well, this is what you gotta do next if you wanna be able to play when you get to college. Right, here's the next move. The, yeah, the, the uncomfortable feeling is actually the fact that they're recognizing that someone else cares about their goal more than they do. <laughs> And, and right. that, and that's, that, that's, a, that's awkward. There's no other word for that than it, awkward. It's awkward, but you know what? It comes down to the conversations that, you know, and a lot of this stuff, I'm going to tell you this straight up. A lot of this stuff comes down to the conversations that go on in the car and in people's homes. Sure. Like, we don't have them long enough to over, we, we can't overshadow that. Like, you can't put your kid in a cage or in, in a session with me and expect me to be able to transform their mindset I'm, I should be reinforcing the mindset that you as the parent have already instilled in them I'm just reinforcing it I'm partnering with you but what's happening is that what's, ha- what's happening too many times is that it's not a partnership anymore it's like they don't they won't listen to me they won't listen to me will you tell her will you tell him I'm like uh no you're the one that actually pays the cell phone bill you tell them to shut the damn phone off and, and, and get and get the pop in and get and get the get the rep, get the reps in. Right. Be be the parent. So it's an accountability structure. So now I'm like, okay, I'm educating my parents. I'm holding them accountable to the success of their own child. I'm holding their child accountable when they come to the session. Because if they have not done what they what I have asked of them in between sessions, then we're just spinning wheels and spending spending our parents' money and we're just showing up just to say we showed up. And you want to, and most most of these players, and, and I'm with de- I'm dealing with this more. The, the, when I'm dealing with my northeast kids, more than when I'm dealing with my southeast kids. Yep. There's something in our northeast culture, where we have a we have a a real entitlement. That's the word. It's a real entitlement. And, and now, it's embedded. Now that but, is that point. You know, we, we were speaking about this in our, our team huddle the other night. Um, this exact same point that, you know, the things that come along with this region, which is the region we all want to work in. Like, there's no two ways about it. This is the best, best part of the country in terms of resources to do what we want to do for people. But the thing that comes along with it is, I, I put it in three things. I said one was entitlement. Um, two is is negativity, right? Because there is no inherent negativity. There's no bad situation. You know, they got two to four parents at home. They're, you know, the negativity is manufactured. And then the third thing is quit, right? Because there's you know there's no repercussions for stopping, right? In other, other parts of the country or other uh, you know socioeconomic scenarios, um, you know, something bad's going to happen if you quit. Well, like, I, I, you're not you're not getting out or you're not you know um you're not gonna achieve you're actually gonna use or lose um <laughs> but for for these kids around here they they have all the gifts and they are given all the gifts um and then it's on us as their coaches to hold them accountability you know accountable to actually using those gifts um i think the The fact that the the what's embedded into the culture here, when they go to school, it's easy. When they go to phys ed class and gym, it's easy. 
because now what happens is the teachers can't even give you a B. They can't even give you a B because somebody's going to call and say, why did my kid get a B? Somebody's going to email the teacher. If I ever brought home a C, my mom is not going to call the teacher to find out why I got a C. She's going to get on me for getting a C. You see the difference? Mm-hmm. Now it's, oh, no. Well, oh, we, we, can she take the final exam over again? No. She got a B. She needs to work harder to get an A. Now what happened in that situation is we're teaching this, this, these people, these kids, how to be responsible, how to be accountable. And if you if this is what you got, this is what you got. I'm not giving you an A because now it's going to be on your transcript forever. Yeah, it's going to be on your transcript because that's what you got. You got to be. You earned a B. Now, if you want to earn an A next marking period, then then do something different. And I think right. And and, and but so you do it. You do what you've already done. You you'll get what you already have. But 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 this culture is saying no. What do you mean? What do you mean she's cut? What do you mean she didn't make the team? What do you mean she didn't? What do you mean she has a B? And I, and I, and and that's what I'm going through. And I'm not mad at the kids at all. It's one hundred. It's one hundred percent not their fault. One hundred percent not their fault. So. Yeah, that that's so true. And then, um, you know, on the on the flip side of that, you you know, you can you can spin those wheels in your head and and um, you know, be upset with with that scenario of these these parents that um, will will enable and have the resources and and use the resources. But then you got to look at also like you know, they are providing their kid you or me. Right, which is another resource, and then what responsibility do we have that comes along with that to make sure we can change it? Yeah, and my, I guess my point is, can we? And and, and, if, and if we can, how? Right, because it because it because massive it, question and a, almost a, a business model changer. Because right. because if I say to myself, check it out, check it out, Jordan. If I say if I tell a player, okay, what happened this weekend? I struck out twice looking. Um, and then I say to that player, you struck out twice looking. How is that, how is that possible? Because the ump, and, and, and their, their response is going to be, well, the umpire was horrible. It was way out. These pitches were way outside. I said, well, two things that you know you should have did. And, I'm, and right now what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put it back on you as, as the player. And you're trying to put it on someone else other than you. But you learn that from somewhere. Somebody, somebody right. taught you how to, how to, how to deflect responsibility. Mm-hmm. Somebody taught you how to think that way, because a true all-American, a true winner, a true top twenty-five collegiate athlete is going to say to themselves, "Damn, I, I have an umpire that's calling a big strike zone. I need to be one. I either one. I need to be more aggressive earlier in the count so that I don't get two strikes." Or if I get my pitch, I'm not going to be able to foul it off. Or, or if I do get two strikes, I really have to expand my strike zone. It still comes back to you. 
but you got in the car and someone said that umpire was horrible. Right. They just let you off the hook. Even if the umpire was horrible, if we're building mentally tough athletes, we cannot give them, we cannot let them off the hook. So it's a partnership. It's not on, it, it can't just only be on, yeah, we have a job to do, but if we're doing our job, we need the, we need the, we need to partner with the mindset. So that, that so what goes on, what goes on in the car, what goes on at home is always going to supersede. It's always going to overshadow the little bit of time that we have with them. 100% of the time. Sure. Because it's, 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 both, it happens to, it has to happen from all angles. It has to happen from your yep. grandparents. It has to happen from your parents. It has to be your coaches. It has to be your teachers in school. It has to be your babysitters. You, you, they have to get it from all angles. And the problem with culture is that culture shapes and molds mentality. It shapes and molds mentality. So culture of the Northeast, way different than culture of the Southeast. Way different than culture of the Midwest. Way different than culture of the of the West Coast. So when the when five states represent 65% of the Major League Baseball draft, there's a reason why five states represent 65% of the Major League Baseball draft. It's because those states, and you can and we can have an excuse if we want and say, well, it's warm there. That's great. We can say that. You, you can make right, that excuse. That, that, yeah, right. That's another arbitrary limitation we, to throw we, into the conversation. We can make that excuse all we want. But the bottom line is that's not true because it's warm. Right. Because once upon a time, Westchester County, where we live, we had draft picks all the time. We had many high school draft picks once upon a time. And it seems that the more facilities that open up, the less draft picks we have. So like you said, we have more resources, yet we're developing less and less talent. Once upon a time, dude, I can get on the phone. You're Jordan. Once upon a time, I can get on the phone and call. I, well, I would get on the phone and, and call my top 25 coach friends, top 10, top 15. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players. I can't even do that anymore. crazy yet we have more resources right so now what, what yeah. would be what would so if we're going to elevate these kids mentally it's, it's going to start with, with with changing in the culture and changing what happens in the house in the car um in addition to what we're doing now that's a true partnership now i'm partnering with families like okay look this is what the deal I, I told her last time she left here that she needed to take do this, this, and that. When she shows back up next week, I, obviously she didn't do it. I'm not mad at her. I'm mad at you as parents for not reinforcing it. Right. Well, for us, that's you know one of the most important things is we we do a one hour evaluation, and I know you've done a couple podcasts on 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 great physical assessments and the yes. pieces of the assessment that are important for the physicality of the athlete. But sitting down in the office with the parent and setting real expectations, something that's on paper, something that's going to be recapped um, in, a, in a document back to them following that assessment. This is like, no, this is what you agreed to. It all makes sense to all of us. <laughs> but who's going who's gonna to hold all three parties accountable? Right? You got athlete. That's the easy one to hold accountable. <laughs> they have to show up on the floor and put out the effort. Right, you got the coach. They have to prepare. You got the parent that has to be, you know, number three partner in this game. 
yeah. with with helping um, develop you know Northeast Westchester County athletes um, who most certainly have the, the talent, most certainly have the resources, um, but but also have you know kind of the the cushiest uh, mattress to fall back on if they so choose to not put in the work. Yeah. So what? What? So what is it? What? What do we? D- d- does it? Do you think it starts with? You think it should start with first goal setting, so that we yeah. can so that we can say, okay, here's the goal, and now here's how we get there. Like, how, how do how do you map it out? How do you guys map it out? Yeah. So, so for us, it, that's developed um, even a lot recently um, as we get more and more. Um, you know, I won't even use the term elite, just higher level athletes, athletes that are are competing further in the career progression is creating goals and then creating micro goals. Because right? we get everybody that comes in the office on their first day and says, "I want to get, I want to get faster, I want to get stronger, and I want to stay healthy." Right? Those are those are goals. You can't knock those goals, right? But there's there's not something tangible in a short, finite period of time that's gonna that we're gonna be able to put our thumb on and hold them accountable to. Um, so what we do is both with a parent and uh, a student athlete is set a micro goal, which is. Um, you know, in the, the scheme of long-term athletic development is something that we're going to look to achieve in like an eight to 12 week period. Mm-hmm. Um, so for some it's, you know, I got a, I got a combine coming up. I want to improve, you know, I'm, um, uh, I got bad mechanics. You know, we just saw that in the assessment. Um, I'm running an eight second 60, right? And I, I need to get down, you know, two tenths um, by this next, showcase i'm going down to florida i'm going to go to this next showcase um and that becomes a micro goal that any time anything wavers within this time period we can hone right in on this micro goal and know that it's in the front of their head it's in the front of mom and dad's head it's in front of the athlete's head um because it's it's so close right we're not looking you know everything we preach is long-term athletic development yeah help me out here Help me out. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. You got that. You got your micro goal set. Parents agreed. They signed the papers. We're in. Let's go, Jordan. Let's take take my son or daughter to the next level. We want to go to Duke. We want to go to Princeton, right? And we want to take our sport to the collegiate level. And you're like, you've already coached. You've already coached so many players that played at all those levels. So you know what it looks like. <laughs> you, know, you know what it takes, right? Now... Two months in, they start having some success. They start getting noticed. And then they start slacking off a little bit, deviating from the program. Every time you turn around, an excuse comes up. Well, we're going on vacation. Well, my aunt's getting married. Well, my cousin's having a bar mitzvah. Oh, well, my, you know, I, I got to go do this. I got to do that. And stuff happens. Life life happens. Things ha- Things come up. Um, but how do you how do you check them? <laughs> yeah. How do you right? How do you put something tangible on that plateau? Because and I, 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 I and I'm, I'm gonna say this before you start. And I believe in balance. I believe in uh, family balance. But I also know that sacrifices have to be made. Sure. You know. So what do you now? Right. And, go ahead. And 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 all I'm asking for is 75 minutes a couple times a week. 
because you know you know that's being blown somewhere else, whether it's the, the video game or the laying down on the couch or um, you know just hanging out after school. Right? They, you know, you have all these excuses, and and like you said, we're all about balance. I am one hundred percent about balance. Me too. <laughs> 75 minutes exactly so you can, you can find a way to get 75 minutes and i think it's funny because i think most uh for the most part in today's culture like it's funny because I, i've talked to like I, I sometimes i go back and look i think about athletes that i had five years ago six years ago t- eight years ago ten years ago and how they were so different than the athlete of 2020 very different but I also know that the culture of a teenager is different in 2020 than it was 5 years ago 8 years ago and 10 years ago right sure is yeah it's very different and if those athletes that I had coached previously were living in today's if they were teenagers in 2020 they would be the exact same way in a lot of ways specifically particularly socially and it would be, they would have the challenge of balancing my the social pressure that I have to to uh, to participate in the social media part of it and the and the and the and the, the photo op part of it and that, that's a big part of being a teenager these days, right? But at the same time, I have to be able to disconnect and 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 do what I got to do because I said I had this goal and this is what it's going to take. Or you get to college, and then you really you really don't have time. Right, and then you really don't have time, and then and then you know I have now the perspective, and you have the perspective to then go on to the working world and be like, holy crap, like I I I miss those two p.m. naps in college. Like, you know, I thought I didn't have time in college, and then you look (laughs) back at high school and be like, man, you're only there six you know six seven hours a day. Like, you got all the time in the world. Funny, let's I, think about this. Let's talk through what what the NCAA rules are in terms of mandatory practice time at the Division One level. Yeah. And then you put that in perspective. Say, how many hours a work a, a week does your mom go to work? And they do the math real quick. And they say, All right, you know, forty two. You know. Okay, so you're going to be in practice meetings, weight room sessions, and runs for for more than forty two hours. And then you got to go to school. 
And as a freshman, you have a mandatory 30 hours of study hall to make sure you're on top of that schoolwork. And then you guys. We're, we're suddenly at 80 hours of the week is claimed. And now you got to still sleep. At some point. Right. And, and then you got to find sleep, right? <laughs> now, we're, now we're at all the hours. We're, Yo, we're covered 24 7, fully booked. I remember in college not even having time to eat. I didn't have time to right. eat. I was like, okay. All right, I guess I'm not going to eat. Where do I got my backpack? Oh, I got a granola bar. I got an orange that I, I that I stole out of the cafeteria this morning. You know, and that's it. Yep. I remember that. Like, right. It's crazy. As an athlete. For sure. As a student athlete. Right. And just, right. And just articulating that to a kid is so Yeah, but they, they can't see that. They can't see that, though. Right. You don't see, you don't know it until you... My, my, my mom would be like, you haven't called me in three days. Is everything okay? I'm like, mom... By the time I'm, about, I don't have time to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> My mother wants to, she wanted to hear from me almost every day. I'm like, dude, I haven't even had time to breathe. But yeah, you're right, and you can't tell, you can't say, because then they think you're just, just exaggerating. You know, you're, I guess, well, I guess you'll find out when you get there. And I think one, one of the things that most uh, athletes, the one of the things that really make being a student athlete hard is that most kids are not prepared in the time management area going in because everybody's always made it easier. Oh, we're not going to come to training today because we have a final Friday. Right. Well, you're going to be playing college sports and you're going to be taking finals on buses and in hotel uh, conference rooms. With, right. with, yeah, with, I'm, with I'm doing ACT prep for this for four weeks. Like Wait you can't, second. you can't tell me that you can't. ACT prepping twenty four hours a day for four weeks. Right, you can't tell me no. that you can't manage that. So you mean, exactly. so, so you mean that because you have a final exam Friday, you can't come and train today? Then you can't play in college. Right. You you got to stay up to two in the morning. Stay up till two in the morning, man. And that that goes back to what we said. You're pushing them and you're pushing them to, to be elite when they come into the gym. But then when they get home, somebody is making it easy for them. Right. That's something, that's my point. Along the way, told them that, that that was okay. And that's my point. But yet I have kids that are I have I have kids that I'm training now that well and, and, and this is parents, okay? Well we have SAT and ACC tutor. So we're gonna have to come. We're going to change the tutor, tutoring session to a, another time. And we're going to come to you a little bit earlier, squeeze it in, and hustle back home. Now, that's what I'm talking about. You're teaching your kid how to grind. You're teaching them how, them how to grind. And then you're holding them accountable. You need to get this done. Because you want to play at Notre Dame. You want to play at Duke. You want to play at Wake Forest, right? You, is that what you want to play? Okay, great. You can't do it if I don't get you ready for that right now. Right, and, and that, that's the big piece to loop back to, is you set the goal. Right? It doesn't have to be. There's, there's people out there that, you know, get, you know, being on the, you know, the, the highest academic rating, going to the best Ivy League school, that's the achievement of the goal. Now, other people say, I want to play at Notre Dame. So if that's going to be the goal, there's certain things that have to be of equal priority. 
and that's the piece that gets a little fuzzy because, you know, especially around here, like, whoa, whoa you're telling me I shouldn't go to ACC, ACT tutoring? No, 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 I'm not, I'm not telling you don't go to ACT tutoring. I'm saying you need to squeeze your minutes to go to ACT tutoring and find a way to get here for 75. That's what I'm saying. And, but you can't, you can't make that decision. That's parent, that's parent, that's parental. And that, that was my right, point in the beginning. That's, of, the, that's the expectation meeting. And that was my that's point that, in the that, beginning, that, that, though. Because guess what? The mom who never played sports doesn't understand that. Right. Well, she needs to get her sleep. She needs to home. She needs to get ready for this exam. Yeah, that's how you think. But if we're preparing her for something special, if we're preparing her for something great, we got to change that thought process. We got to change that right, coddling. Or, it's a, or set some different goals. It's a coddling. Or, or set lower goals. <laughs> you're right. Absolutely right. You, it, can't, you can't have both. Because if you... Oh, you're so right. You are so right. And, I, and, I, and again, I, there's, there's going to be people that, that listen to this. And this is a very obviously polar conversation we're having here about the term elite. And what if, it takes. If, if, if we want to talk about something lower... Like that's perfectly fine. That's a different argument, and that's different circumstances. But if they're setting in a, a goal to be elite and have the elite mindset and be at the absolute top, there's things that come along with that or, that are not comfortable. Well, let me get, let me just give you this though, because some people will say, "Well, my daughter, oh, we, we just want to play Division Three. We we don't want to be elite, dude. Division Three, Division Three sports is good sports." It's not less elite. Right there's not less required of you because there's obviously there's levels within Division Three. So if you go to like a NESCAT conference, which is a championship level conference, or a New Jersey Athletic Conference in softball, which is also a championship level conference, dude, they, yep. they're, they're running it. They're running it like it's Division One, mm-hmm. but they're competing at a championship level. You know, so it, it's, it's going to be the same. Something's gonna be required of you. You you want to go, you know. You want if you want to go somewhere where you're gonna you're gonna be able to be under the radar and be able to be mediocre and be able to quote unquote have a social life. You're gonna have a social life because your teammates are gonna be your social life. You're gonna be around your teammates all the time. Right. And you're gonna be socializing with your teammates. Had this conversation this morning about you know how many how many friends I have in in high school. Two. The kid that was going to play Division One basketball and the girl I ended up marrying. When I get to college, you find. 100 people that are just like you as driven as you yep. and and that's my social life now now I got friends oh my gosh <laughs> you are you are really preaching and I'm gonna tell you this though you know if you ever go to my Twitter you know how you have on Twitter you get to put like on the bottom I guess you could put like I don't know like a little a little something about you yep <laughs> so on my Twitter is my quote is excellence is lonely And, and I think so it's <laughs> like my, I, I wrote excellence is lonely because I've always felt like you, you want to do this, you want to do that, but not everybody always wants to do it. So you find yep. yourself having to do it by yourself. Most of the times I'm going to get extra swings, extra reps, but nobody wants to do it. They all want to go do this. They want to go do that. So, and, but, but I want to be excellent. But I find myself being by myself to be excellent because I can't find. Well, you enough. know what my quote is on. Uh, you know what my quote is on Twitter. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> it says, "It says, do not surround yourself with people."
people that give you permission to suck. Wow. <laughs> and, and now if anybody goes to my Instagram, they, they, they know how much I love quotes. I got my little one one line, big big heavy hitters that make people think. But that's that's my quote to hang on to. Is it, you know, you're standing next to somebody, you start to absorb their energy, and they, you know, is this person going to make it okay for me to be less than the best version of myself? And that's, I mean, to, to me as a, as a performance coach, you know, that, that's the one you hear all the time is, that, you know, we're here in pursuit of, you know, making the best version of yourself. All right, well, there, there's some things that come along with that, right? It's, and the people that are around you or not around you are, are a huge piece of that. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to do another podcast on Monday and I'm going to be going into nutrition. I have one of the most one of the people that I respect the most in this industry in on the nutrition side. Um her name is Brianna Diorio, which you have to meet her. <clears throat> she, okay. she she was she's from Jersey, but she moved to California for a while, so you know, and we kept in touch with her. <laughs> so, but I actually met her in, in New York because she was working with the Yankees as a nutritional consultant. Okay. And that's how I met her through the Yankees. And then she went to uh, the West Coast for a while. And mm-hmm. she's worked with, like, I've had her work with my mom. I've had her work with, like, family members because she does blood, she does blood work analysis. So, you know, you give her your blood work and then she'll tell you, okay, here's where you're deficient in these, in, in these areas based on blood yeah. work. Um, and she has a totally, totally holistic approach to things like, like, a, D, is it like a DNA based type. She, yeah, she's really good. And so, and it's, 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 D, it's DNA, but it's also, you know, you, you can reprogram DNA if you, if you change the way you eat and change the way you exercise and change the way you breathe and things like that. But she, she's sure, more I like, that, yeah. she's more like depression, anxiety, the foods that affect depression, the foods that affect moods, the foods that affect happiness, the foods, and and, and it's, it's all chemical. Right. And her approach is so unique, and I freaking love this girl. So she's coming back on. I'm going to get her on on Monday. I can't wait. Because it's always like... <laughs> and she has a great way of going about delivering it. So I want to... Um, I definitely got to introduce you to her. And then we still... You and I still have to get together and figure out how we're going to... Um, come together and provide some things that we can provide. I know, I know we've done some vision stuff, but then it got busy, you know, with the, yeah. you know, but I, I got to get back over there and kind of get back with you and uh, figure out, you know, how we yeah. can help these, help these athletes get to where they got to get to. For sure. I think, I think, uh, I think golf is going to be a good place for you and I to start here in, in Westchester. Um, I just think it's such a, a captive, captive audience and they're starting to get um, the concept here of, of data and then an action plan on how to change that data the next time around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, that's super unique. You know, you were saying it before, it's, it's, it's tough to get across to a lot of people, but, um, you know, the, the golfers in this area right now seem to have a better grasp. Of it yeah. But than, see, here's the deal. Than though. other sports, the culture of golf is way different than almost any other sport culture because golfers, will give their life. They will cut their finger off to get better. Literally, they will do it. Yeah, and I'm trying to find parallels too because I'm, I'm watching exactly what you just said there. 
and trying to see what, what's the commonality between you know that golfer and what created that obsession and where I can find it in a in a different sport. And I'm starting to see some parallels. I'm working over in Armonk with some some high level uh, tennis players that seem to have a similar disposition. Mm. Uh, that's another solo athlete. I was right? ready, I was getting ready to say these are these are these are indivisible sports you're talking about. I mean, there's the, there's the tennis team, there's the golf team, but I'm still an individual, still an individual sport. Exactly, swimmers are probably you know, swimmers are some of the most you know, um, internally brutal people I've ever worked with. Yeah. Um, again, part of a team, but when it's you know, when it's time to work, like it's all on them. And I think that's what separates pitchers from from in, in baseball and softball. That separates pitchers, and, and that's a whole other top show, I guess. But pitchers Great are. Point. Didn't even think of that. Pitchers are a unique beast because sure. it's all on them. And then I even go a step further. The parents of a pitcher are different in my experience. The parents of pitchers are way different than the parents of, of uh, pitchers who plays who don't pitch. Yeah. Become, become accustomed to that, uh, pressure, that standard, that right? pressure, that pressure. There you go. Good. You know, it's really, it's really unique. It's different. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, this is great. I'm glad we, we got to do this. Like, <laughs> I know you'd be saying it, but you know, then life happens. <laughs> right, but we got to exactly. do this at least once every couple of months because this it's always good when I talk to you. And, you know, our, I think our values and our approach is very, very similar in terms of what we want. Our level of passions are very similar as well. Um, um, so, you know, it's always great talking to people who are like-minded. Uh, although I don't mind talking to people who aren't like-minded either, but because <laughs> I get, to, I, maybe, yeah. I, maybe I might learn I mean, something I, too. I, I tell you what, there's so many days I'm out here on the training floor, and I, I'll I'll say something or I'll think something. I'm like, man, I, I need to sit down and talk to Rob about that. <laughs> yeah, we we, we got to dig in on that. Yeah, man. So but yeah, this was great. So for people who don't know, how do we get in touch with you, and what do you got coming up? Yep. Uh, best way to get in touch with us, um, we are super active on social media. So at VSP Westchester. Then I have my direct account, Jordan underscore VSP Westchester. Um, and coming up, we got a, a lot of kind of unique programs. Um, we call them uh, uh, March first training. Um, for uh, for this area, it's unique to not be able to get outside in the month of March. So you know that's that's spring sports season. That's baseball, softball, lacrosse. Um, golf that all those athletes are itching and ready um, you know so you're going to see a lot of a lot of content coming through on those athletes in that final push before they can get outside in April alright man sounds good I appreciate, right. I appreciate you coming on the show be well and we will talk very very soon alright thanks a lot pleasure as always Later. to commemorate the partnership between myself and Dining Kinetics we are offering a discount for all purchases made at diamondkinetics.com. When you type in the discount code CG at checkout, you will get a discount on your entire order.